creating conversations and going getting client getting clients myself, not expecting my webinar to do it, not expecting my blog post to do it for me, but going and getting them myself by creating conversations with the right people. That doesn't mean every person that you talk to is going to become that client. I don't enter those conversations with that expectation, but there's no more direct path to revenue or cash flow in your business. You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with a talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. Hey, how you doing? Adam here, and I wanted to quickly let you know about a brand new 15-minute video training where I show you how to get 5, 10, 15, 25 or more predictable sales appointments every month in just 30 minutes a day, and how you can do all of that without cold calling, networking, relying on referrals, or any of that kind of stuff. Now, I've added that to the podcast gift page, which you can find at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcastgift. That's thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. And you'll also see all of the other resources and gifts that I've created on that page as well. So hope you go and check that out and, uh, and enjoy what you find. So until you do that, let's get back to the show. Hey, hello and welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, this is pretty obvious, but without leads and sales opportunities, no business can survive. You see, the problem is, though, that too many businesses, they're just not equipped to generate enough quality sales opportunities that is required to actually grow. And that's probably because many of them are using outdated tactics that just aren't going to work in today's social selling environment. See, for decades, marketing and sales teams have used high volume outreach tactics to drive revenue, or maybe they've just sat around waiting for inbound leads and hoping for referrals, right? But things are changing. The old way of doing business, it just doesn't cut it anymore. Buyers have changed. They're more sophisticated. They're more discerning. And with so many offers being presented to them from so many different sources, trust for many has become harder to win. So what do you do? Well, my guest today is going to tell you and probably blow your mind a bit in the process. That's because his conversations at scale methodology has proven to move cold contacts into closed deals more effectively than industry standard lead funnels. And just to give you a taste of just how effective it is, as a senior partner at salesmap.me, his methodology has helped to grow a database of over 5,000 qualified prospects, enroll a dozen clients and graduate over 25 certified sales pros. So, I'm just going to stop talking because uh, I know you don't want to listen to me after hearing all that. All I'm going to say is how excited I am to be able to welcome my guest today, Tobin Slavin, to the show. So Tobin, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Hey, thanks, Adam. I I so appreciate how you framed up what's going on in the world and client getting because you and I are very much on the same page. And uh, the one thing I'd add, I I probably should have written uh, this into the notes. So that those those couple metrics that I gave people, you know, a dozen clients, a database, and all that. That's only in a few months. Wow. <laughs> so we our partnership is actually pretty new. So some folks may be saying, "Well, that's not 
that's not that big an accomplishment. Well, we've done it in a fairly uh, short period of time, uh, putting those numbers together in this new partnership that we developed. If you know, we can talk about that a little bit later if it makes sense. But uh, it, we're very excited about what we're seeing uh, because what a lot of people have been trying to do online hasn't been working for them. We it forced us in a different direction, and and we're very excited about the results that we're seeing. Yeah, because I've I've sort of framed it of you know some of my observations in in the marketplace at the moment. But I mean, well, let me ask you, what do you see um, as the challenges or the problems that people are facing and coming to you with that maybe I haven't covered in that? Well, I thought your frame for it was perfect. Now it's just an opportunity to dive into the dive deeper into the nuances of what that actually means. The, the big challenge that I see, and this is coming from a reformed digital marketing guy, right? I'm going to own my, I don't want to call them mistakes because I learned a ton and created some amazing results for clients in the past. But I really believe that the push send button and broadcast out to many people while it's so attractive for us to, to be able to do that you know it's push the easy button and send one message to many people it's a terrible experience for the people receiving those messages yeah. so i i was an automation guy i was a list building guy i you know again my clients had a ton of success with that model but we've, we've completely doubled down on this one-to-one creating more conversations with the right people and I'm having more fun with it than I ever have before. So I'm all in. Well, if, uh, if, if, if there ever is a, um, a, a digital, digital marketers anonymous group, I think you and I will be the first <laughs> couple of members because yeah. it's, it's, it's a similar experience. And, and while there is definitely still a place for things like automation and um, delivering um, certain types of messages to a group of people like a, um, a newsletter or, or something that's going to have value, people know that that isn't necessarily one-to-one. Um, and by the way, you don't use your opt-in as just necessarily join my newsletter. You've got to put why it's valuable to someone, even if it is a newsletter. <laughs> That's one thing that I see still going on. Yeah. Um, but why don't you then, yeah, I'm sure everyone is dying to to know, what does conversations at scale actually mean? It's a, it's a uh, process that we've developed that is very high-touch, low volume. So if someone is selling, uh, I'll, I just want to disclose this up front. If, you, if you've got a program that is, you know, a couple hundred dollars and you need to churn out, you know, uh, 20, 30, 40, or 50 leads in a week, you know, you've got to talk to that many people to hit your numbers. Our process probably isn't the best fit for you, uh, just to be upfront. You, you really should be we're not against funnels. Uh, we just think they come a little bit later in the process. Um, part of the conversations at scale is this thing that we call the four gears of marketing. And uh, in the fourth gear is automation and funnels. So we just, we say, you know, it's great to be in fourth gear cruising down the interstate. Uh, but that comes later. If you try to get out of the parking lot in fourth gear, you're going to stall. It's not going to work. So we, we really put this, this conversational uh, outreach right up front. It's first gear. It's what gets the engine revved up. It gets you out of the parking lot, does a whole bunch of things that make second, third, fourth gear work that much better. Mm. Um, I don't know. That's kind of, you know, we still haven't got into the specifics. If I was listening to this, I'd be like, well, what does this actually mean? And we, we can go there, but I wanted to make sure we mm. sort of got the right reference point of where this fits in digital marketing, what other folks may be hearing about that's out yeah. there. Because you're not saying that um, digital marketing doesn't work. You're simply 
as as I'm interpreting, you're saying that the order in which people tend to go about implementing their overall digital marketing strategy tends to be out of sync. And that's why the results aren't necessarily coming in as promised or as you have been led to believe are actually going to be the kind of results you should expect. Yeah, you said it more succinctly than I did. People are frustrated. So they build a funnel and the funnel, uh, first of all, the leads are more expensive than they planned. So they're not, they're not uh, getting ROI on their leads. And the leads, the conversations that they do have with folks, a lot of times they're junk leads. They're, they shouldn't be talking to people or shouldn't be investing that much time into people. So there's a level of frustration there. Then they try to do uh, joint venture partnerships. For us, that's collaborations or gear number three. And those sound great on paper, but they're not actually producing the results that they need. Mm. Then they go into content marketing. And like you said before, they're kind of sitting there waiting for people to stumble across that content, realize how brilliant each of you are in, in your respective areas, but it's it's not reliable. You It's not consistent. Those, those referrals, those uh, content leads don't always come through. When they do, it's they're often great conversations because people have been introduced or indoctrinated into your world by gear number two and gear number three. Mm -hmm. So we put a lot of focus on first gear, which is creating more conversations with people, literally going directly to the best, most qualified prospects mm -hmm. uh, and starting conversations with them in a very natural and non-salesy way. So that when a person you know receives that tap on the shoulder from you, it's 100% in their mind, they understand it was meant for them, it was personalized to them, there was no copy and paste, there's no question in their mind that they're not seeing a message that was sent to a hundred or a thousand other people at the same time. Mm. They know it's for them and only them. Yeah, because the thing with um, yeah funnels and 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 inbound and and going you know starting with say the advertising route and all that kind of thing, it's exactly as you say. Like you're not you never know a hundred percent. You can do all the targeting in the world and 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 get your lists really sort of tight and all the rest of it, but. Ultimately, you are not in control of who that message is put in front of, and you're not necessarily in control of who is going to respond. Whereas flipping it on its head and, and saying to yourself, right, I might only need 10, 20 clients this year to have a very healthy business. Thank you very much. Why on earth do I need to go and you know fill my funnel with 10,000 people at the top and just wait until you know the, the, the cream rises to the top, that kind of thing, when I can actually make a list of 30, 50, 100 of the, the types of businesses that I absolutely want to work with this year and work on how I just make contact and start a conversation. Yeah, those those conversations and that, you know, this program, this conversations at scale methodology that we developed and we now use in SalesMap, it, it was born out of this frustration. I mean, I used to lay in bed looking at the ceiling in the middle of the night thinking, where is my next client going to come from? Like I didn't even see them on my radar. I knew from, you know, being out in the networking world, doing trade shows and things like that. If I could just talk to the right people, I knew things would fall into place. Like I have a lot of belief and conviction in what we do. And, you know, we take our delivering of results seriously. Like I know a lot of folks listening do as well. You, there's a reason why you're good at what you do. I just needed more of those conversations. And I think at that point in my business, I had sort of exhausted my warm network and talking, you know, and a lot of this is timing. Mm. To be very honest with you, the right strategy at the right time makes a world of difference. So when you do, when you do first year right, 
all of a sudden when you shift into second gear, your content marketing is on fire mm. because you're, you're having the comp, like when you reach out to people, the first thing they do is go, they, they go Google you, right? They go check your profile out. They want to see who you are, what you do. And more, most importantly, why should they care? Mm. So now all of a sudden you're leading people into your content and that content is creating more engaged conversations. So the first and second gear play back and forth really well. Just like we drive the car, we kind of shift first and second gear to get out of the parking lot, down the street. We're looking for that on-ramp. That's when we start hitting third gear, fourth gear. And again, life is good when you're cruising down the interstate, but you got to do a little bit of work to get there. And same thing, the work that you do in first gear ultimately creates a much better working funnel. Your messaging is right. You have all your marketing in alignment. Just marketing gets so much easier. Everything you do in the sales and marketing world gets so much easier when you have alignment between those, your, your market, the message that you're sharing to them and the timing for it all. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit more. You know, what, do you, what do you do then to start more of these conversations? What does that look mm-hmm. like? Where do you do it? And then how do you move those conversations forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, channel-wise or the platform that we're working on, we, we actually are we're, we're agnostic about, to me, it's just plumbing. Okay, I, I don't care where, anywhere you can converse with people in real life, online, it's where are the best places to have conversation. We love LinkedIn for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's such a treasure trove of information about the people that you do want to have conversations with. Like you can just learn so much more about them on LinkedIn. You might meet them first on Facebook, for example, in a group, but Facebook is used a little bit differently and folks don't always prepare their profile on Facebook the way we do on LinkedIn. So very often one of my first things I'll do is meet someone on Facebook and then go look them up on LinkedIn so I can understand about them and have a better conversation on Facebook. So we, we, we really omni-channel primarily focused on LinkedIn, Facebook, and email. Uh, not that other channels couldn't be great too, but we haven't needed to move beyond the three because there's mm. so much opportunity there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that um, not a lot of people really even consider. They think, right, I'm on Facebook, I'm just going to stay on Facebook. And I'm on, on LinkedIn, I'm just going to stick on LinkedIn. Whereas actually, that cross-channel, you know, people are hanging out in different places. In different places. Just because you are a business, it doesn't mean you don't have a personal life. Yeah. You are going to be, you know, this is what <laughs> it always makes me laugh when, when, when people come and say, well, my clients aren't on Facebook. Are your clients human beings? Um they're, they're <laughs> right. right. Numbers-wise, they're there. They may not be visible or engaged in, in business conversations there, but they're there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's talk about how you would you know, start a conversation. Yeah. What would you do? So, so the, the, and this, this idea is not going to be original to me or to you or to anyone. You know, this is marketing 101. You got to know who you're looking for. It's, it's damn near impossible to hit the target when you've got a blindfold on and they've spun you around and you have no idea what direction you're even shooting in. So uh, just being clear uh, on who you're looking for so y- you can identify that criteria. W- we tell our folks in our program that you need to establish your list of criteria to the extent that you could hand that list. We, we call it five criteria. We want at least five data points that you could hand that list of five criteria to somebody else and give them a list of names and they could go down through that list of names and and research each person and say yes or no, they match this criteria. Now that's just a starting point and it doesn't mean that it includes everyone, Mm. but that's how specific you have to be that someone could, could 
match that criteria as a starting point for your target market. I mean, is that, is that criteria something that you can can share? I don't want to sort of, you know, have you share your trade yeah, secrets. Yeah, well, but, uh, let me give you a couple of examples that of, of things that we, they're specific to us. It may not fit for each of your listeners, but at least they could deduce what we're doing and, and then make the adjustments on their end. So, for example, uh, we want to talk to bu- uh, business owners and decision makers. Because of our market, we're working directly with them. Um, a number of our clients work in corporate circles, so that it's a little different for them. But for us, that's a key point. And you can usually see that very quickly by looking at someone's LinkedIn profile. Um, secondly, we're looking for thought leaders. So uh, are they an author? Are they a podcaster You know, like yourself, where they're really putting their ideas out there and guiding others, and they have proof that they've built an audience or tribe of people that care about what they're doing. If there are no proof points on that, they're probably not going to be ready for what we do with folks, which is, you know, take them from the six figures up to the seven figure mark by bringing on a sales team. That's, mm-hmm. that's a core part of our business. Another thing we look for is um, for example, you know, have they branded their business? Like do they care about how uh, their branding looks online, whether they've done it themselves or they've, you know, invested in someone to come in in top level branding. I mean, you're a great example of this, Adam. Your stuff is top notch. You've got these illustrations that people are able to look at and visually understand your process in seconds without having to go through a full conversation or read a page of text. That is important, and it's it's indicative of someone who is a thought leader in guiding others to you know, whatever their promised land is. So those are just a couple criteria that we will look for. And when we see those, um, it's kind of a trigger for us. This is someone we want to dig a little bit deeper, get to know. We're not leading into that conversation or starting conversations about us. We're really trying to understand who they are and what they care about. Yeah. And, and that is so important because, yeah, if you, I, I often sort of describe it as um, a lot of people are approaching this kind of thing, like they're, uh, they're drifting on the open ocean. Or, you know, on a, on a rudderless boat. And, and, yeah. and I can only think that the mentality of that is, well, you know, it's a big ocean, so surely I can just cast my line anywhere and there'll be fish. But it's a bloody big ocean, right? So yeah. you have no idea where you're going to have drifted to, if there are fish down there, and even if there are, what kind of bait they need to, uh, you know, be, be, be enticed by, uh, whether you've got the right equipment to bring them onto the boat and all that kind of thing. So you end up being a victim of the current, which means results are inconsistent and all the rest. But when you get very specific, it's, it's like having that GPS attached to your boat where you can find that, that, that right shawl of, at school, isn't it, of, of uh, hungry fish that are just yeah. about to enter that feeding frenzy. I, I love your analogies that you've developed around your business for this because I, I think they're spot on. And uh, if folks out there, if you're feeling frustrated and you've spent any amount of time trying to get clients unsuccessfully and you, you've been or maybe are in one of those famine cycles, you start to develop a habit of thinking that they're not there when the truth is there is a pretty much an inexhaustible source of people who would be a great fit for your program. Mm. And they're all around you. And we develop these, what's called a scotoma or a blind spot. You literally don't see it. I, w- I won't go too deep into this, but look it up. And basically it means your brain literally does not see that perfect client rate in front of you because you've developed a habit of thinking that told you they weren't mm. there. 
Uh, you've got to work harder than you actually have to do to connect. I mean, I'll, I'll, you and I could probably geek out about the whole psychology around marketing. And I know <laughs> that you have, um, you know, uh, you, you have the letters after your name, whereas I just have a, a, a nerdy interest. But um, it's something that you always need to consider with your marketing is that marketing is psychology. It's human behavior. It's understanding what is going on in, in other people's head. And if you cannot get into that, then and make it all about your yourself and your business, then you are doomed from the start. You might be able to be aggressive and kind of Wolf of Wall Street style dialing for dollars, but that'll only work for so long and it will kill your reputation with everyone that hangs up on you. And Well, I think that is that is the big mistake that you're probably experiencing. I see it every single day. Uh, everyone that I talk to, if you go into any online group in the sort of business space right now, someone right now is complaining about the salesy, spammy atmosphere on LinkedIn because people have figured out there is a ton of business potential here and they've taken that approach of, hey, nice to meet you. It's either would you like to get married on the first date or do you want to go back to the hotel on the first date? And uh, there's there's no what they're trying to do something online that they would never in a million years try to do offline. Mm. They, they'd know that this is inappropriate and this just doesn't work. You might get slapped, or as you said, you're going to ruin your reputation with mm. people. And and I think folks have gotten in the mindset of I'll talk to a thousand people. It's a numbers game. I'm going to I'm going to get my offer in front of a thousand people on the chance that 30 of them will actually talk with me and three may end up enrolling as clients and three hits my you know numbers that I need to have for this month. But what they've discounted is that the, the other 970 who made a note to themselves of when I see this person in the future, run the other way, do not engage because of how they introduce them. The, the first impression that they created of being all about themselves. And I, I want to sort of, I'm, I'm not necessarily being contrarian with this. I, I'm just wanting to clarify a point because mm-hmm. it is important to still know your numbers. It's just not un- understanding that you're not just going after big numbers at the top and, and, and sort of racing through them. Because if you are targeting a specific group of people, but they're not necessarily responding in the way you do, you need to know those numbers and what's happening at each point so that you can sort of go in and, and, and do some repair work or maybe adjusting your messaging or your approach or anything like that. Yeah, 100%. So thanks for clarifying on that. Uh, KPIs or key performance indicators are the tool that you use to be able to refine or calibrate your system to know if, you know, could your messaging be better? Could your targeting be better? Um, you know, how do you find the people, these, these leads that you should, the folks you should be talking to and how do you turn those uh, friendly chats into sales conversations. So there's multiple steps, just like a marketing funnel. These conversational funnels operate the same way of phase one, phase two, phase three. And the KPIs allow you to see what your status is and get better in each of those stages. Cause there is a different objective, a different process that you apply at the beginning when you first meet someone, uh, as opposed to when you want to turn it into that sales conversation. So, are you able to give us some um, some examples of some of the um, the approach messages that would give people an understanding of what it looks like to approach from a conversational perspective, rather than you know as you've said and and, and one of my uh, my previous guests, uh, Phil Newton, calls uh, the leg hump approach. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, what, we, we use that in our program it's too. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a I great. It. It, it's a creates a visual that you will never forget. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So. Yeah, what, what does that approach look like? Maybe just from the, you know, the first connection to the responding to that connection mm-hmm. and then maybe what happens sort of one or two after that. How does that look? 
to you, for you? Yeah, so, so uh, this is where it gets fun, right? This is where we, we get nerdy and, and kind of get into the details. Um, the, the first thing I would say, because I've, I've just referenced, we're not leading with our offer. We're not leading with, uh, here's who I am, this is what I do, because we haven't earned that right with our folks. Um, you said, where does it start with the connection? We actually go upstream from that even. So we think that one of the best things you can do to get a phenomenal connection rate is actually meet and get to know and start conversations with people even before the connection request is sent. So on LinkedIn, it's called a connection request. On Facebook, it's a friend request. But either way, there are folks that are, there are opportunities to engage with the people you should be talking to. They may be in a group. They may be posting in the comments under something else that's in that group or in their own news feed. We call it getting on the radar. Mm. And, and there's, you know, a dozen different ways to do this. And it really depends on your style and what the other person is putting out there, uh, but you're looking for opportunities to tap them on the shoulder and strike up a conversation that's about them. One of, honestly, one of the things I'm having most fun with recently is because I'm, a, I'm a, we formally, we used to do a lot of newsletter work. So I'm a subscriber to many thought leaders that are putting out their, their best ideas in their newsletters it show up in my inbox. I hit reply quite often. Uh, when someone is doing good work, you'd be surprised how many high-level thought leaders uh, will actually be surprised to get your response and they'll respond back to you just by hitting reply and saying, you know what, this is gold. Like your, your newsletter this week is better than anything that else that I received in my inbox this week. And telling someone, like finding that awesome aspect of the work that someone's doing and recognizing it is a really important part of showing up in their world in a way that brings value, brings good energy instead of showing up and saying, Hey, uh, I looked at your website and I noticed you're doing these dozen things wrong. And you know, I've done this. People feel like they're giving value, but what kind of first impression is that? That's, you know, everyone says bring value, but that doesn't necessarily mean audit someone and tell them everything that they're doing wrong when they didn't even ask for that advice. Well, there's, there's two things in that. Um, one is how incredibly simple that is. Um, hit reply to a newsletter and say something that you admire about what was in that newsletter. And uh, a lot of the times it can go to the uh, the person that's sending it. Or if it doesn't, there's pretty much normally somebody monitoring replies. And if it's a positive one, then a lot of the times it will get back to that person. And the second is value doesn't have to be about what you do. Value can simply be being human to another person and giving uh, appreciation because we are all human. It doesn't matter if you've got one follower, your mum, or a million followers. Everybody likes to receive sincere appreciation that is personalized to something that you have benefited from, from that person giving out into the world. You know, it's, it's not complicated but we do have this habit of thinking it has to be so i think that is something to uh to, to to sort of yeah really sort of internalize for yourself because we will struggle and think that just sounds too simple i think we also uh tend to think that it if somebody is giving compliments and they're uh disingenuous they're they're manipulative so you say something nice just mm -hmm. to get someone to listen to your offer that's not what i'm talking about here it's a, it's a life skill of finding the awesome in other people. And when you start to develop this muscle in yourself, not only will, will your business prosper because of it, 
but your family will benefit from it, your friends, like you become the kind of person that other people want around, mm. including the very people that you aspire to do a client relationship with. You just bring the goods by, by rec. We all want to be validated for the, like we're all out there fighting the good fight, doing the best that we know how to do. We put ourselves out aspirationally. We all feel a little bit scared sometimes thinking to ourselves, who am I to say this or do this or share this? Mm -hmm. We all have those fears. So when somebody else recognizes the good work that we're doing and sees the path that we're on, even if we're not fully there yet, it feels feels pretty damn good and it's a really nice way to start relationships. Even folks. even the most successful people still suffer from things like uh, imposter syndrome and mm -hmm. you know they they put a lot into their content and sharing their message. And they just it, it still feels nice because we are human beings to have that validated that you didn't just waste your time creating it for a start. So yeah, I think it's a uh, but yeah, it has to be um um genuine this isn't another tactic. It's not another hack. It's a life skill. It's it's something that you build into almost like your character. And if there isn't something that you want to say nice, then don't say it. You have to yeah, wait until you, can, you see it's something. It's really hard, hard to fake this. Yeah. Uh, so let me give people one more example. And again, remember this, what I'm referencing is really in many cases happening before you've even connected with them. Everyone else, the like humpers, they're just trying to get as many connections and as many ping pong balls in the, in the lottery, so to speak, for the chance to get a client. And so they're hitting everyone with connection messages and they're trying to write the perfect connection message that, that somebody else will find not off-putting so that they'll accept it. That, that's sort of the game that a lot of people are playing. Well, and first of all, Tobin, stone, before, you, before you carry on, I just want to point out yep. something that I, um, I re replied to something um, earlier today on LinkedIn that was um, talking about how few people actually put a, a message into a connection request. It's phenomenal. I am shocked by the amount of um, connection requests I receive that are just blank. That in itself is something that you could look at doing. Um, just add a... Add well, a it's, if, if you've started the conversation somewhere else and you're just picking it up on uh, LinkedIn to keep it going, you don't necessarily have to say anything. It's uh, Someone knows that you're just like uh, most of the folks that we're conversing with, we've connected with mm. on Facebook, on LinkedIn, through email. So we're having, this is what we do with our friends and family. We don't converse in just one place. If you, if you talk to people only on LinkedIn, uh, it does feel very transactional in some ways. But your family and friends, you chat with them on Facebook. Sometimes it's, you know, you, you, that multi-channel approach is part of building familiarity, uh, recognition of what's going on in different places. It's having real conversations with real people. And yet most people aren't even doing that sort of first bit. So without a note, there is no context. There's no sort of reason to even want to look at who is asking to connect. It's it's yeah. an interesting one, but uh, sorry, I took you off for that, but that's just because that was something fresh well, I, in my I, mind. I, I wanted to give them one example that, that might bring this home a little bit. So in, in your case, Adam, uh, one way someone could see the awesome is they just say, you know, hey, Adam, I see what you're doing, really cool stuff. That's, that's okay, but anybody can say that, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, sometimes we do those short comments because it's a time thing. It, you, you have to read the context, but a different way of doing that uh, might be to say, uh, I'm going to go back to your, your, because I really do think that you've set yourself apart with your illustrations that you have on the website and all. So I'm going to say, Adam, one of the things I appreciate about you 
is that you have put together these graphics and you've sort of boiled your process down into these three steps. Um, you know, the assets and I don't think you can call it alliances, but the yeah, connections no, with asset, people. Um, uh, authority, alliances and assets. Yeah. So you, you've, 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 you've canned this, you put it in a package that, that is easy to see, easy to digest when you see it. And most importantly, memorable so that people can kind of continue to think about that and leverage it to their advantage a little bit. So if I say that to you, I personalized it. I told you what the value was to me, recognize the good work that you're doing. That's a higher level of finding the awesome. And when you do that, now on the heels of you and I having that kind of exchange, if I sent you a connection request with or without a message and just said, hey, Adam, let's keep the conversation going, those get accepted at you know nine out of 10. As long as someone is, the only issue when they don't get accepted at that level is people just aren't super active. Some people check LinkedIn once a week or once a month. Those folks might miss it. But if people are spending any amount of time there, those are going to go through almost every time because you've got a great thing going between two people. Absolutely. It's genuine and it's authentic. Absolutely. No, and, and thank you ever so much. And, and that's a great example because have, you know, hearing that, it's, it's, it's lovely. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of thought and everything that's been put into creating all of those things. It's 16 years behind creating that kind of thing. So it is nice to be validated. I'm kind of like bouncing a bit here. Because there's, there's, there's a recognition that actually I didn't waste my time and, and it does make sense. And, you know, it's, 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 there's, there's a respect that's coming back from, um, you know, from a fellow, um, uh, uh, uh marketer. That, that's, that's a wonderful thing to hear. And, and obviously the ultimate validation was, was when, uh, is when somebody comes on as a client, which is, which is always nice. But hey, look, we've all got egos. It's, um, we all have these skills. I think we, we, we learn people skills, some better, some, you know, I didn't have great people skills. It was very introverted growing up. I know that's something that you talk about as well, that the sales and marketing world doesn't have to be dominated by the extroverts. I actually think that what we're doing is more suited to the introvert type personality because you do notice those things. You, you find it a little bit easier to find the awesome in others because you're not all about you. You're kind of taking the scene in. And that's actually probably the most important skill that we tap into for our sales pros, right? Is we want them to have that social literacy because if you get invited into a group, LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, an online community and you immediately get in there and you start posting your views and your opinions and, you know, and it's all about you, you haven't earned that right. You know, you, you, you've come into a social situation and you're the loud mouth in the corner and you, People are edging away from you yeah. little by little. Yeah, you got to kind of come in and read the, read the room, see what's appropriate here, earn your stripes with, you know, how do other people interact with each other in this group? Um, you know, are they joking and, and sort of having fun with each other? Do they use, you know, swear words? Maybe that's appropriate, not appropriate, but what's appropriate in this social context? And you kind of fit in, like we do this in the real world. And you can do this in the online world. And I think people are a little surprised. One of the questions we get is people say, does this, like, does this really work? And I quite often point out, including two of my partners, uh, actually all three of my partners, there's four of us in sales map, all, all of them I connected with through this work. Now, one of them I did meet at a, uh, in a real life networking situation first, but we ended up first working together, she was my client uh, and we were working with her on her outreach. She ended up becoming a partner. The husband and wife team uh, out in California, 
I actually connected with her first exactly in this codified, you know, conversations at scale met- methodology. We just started chatting that way, this way. And she said, wow, like this is, I, we didn't realize that this was the missing piece in their business. They were the missing piece in my business. We brought the three together and we think it's, we're doing something pretty unique because we're, um, and it's not for everyone, obviously, but the folks that want to bring on a sales team with this kind of process, those are the folks that we'd want to talk to. Yeah. Because there's so many things in, in, in what you've just said there. Number one is, is the, that this approach isn't just necessarily to, to get um, direct clients. There is actually, you know, you could argue even more potential behind the people that you are connecting with. So you don't necessarily only think about selling to the person in front of you. It's about building a relationship that could mm-hmm. spread to all of the relationships that they have behind them and that exponential impact. I mean, it's kind of like that that question, would you rather have, um, you know, one bird in the hand or, or two in the bush? Would you rather have a client today or build a relationship with, uh, you know, a, a partner, referral partner, strategic partner that will deliver you you know, clients, revenue, et cetera, et cetera, um, reliably for weeks, months, years, decades to come? Interestingly, the very best process, we call it third gear. Remember the four gears of marketing is, is these collaborations or joint venture partnerships. The very best process to develop those is actually first gear all over again, but just doing it in, in a more refined, deeper sort of way because you have to find those people. And if you show up in an automated copy and paste kind of message, those pro those folks are going to really find it hard to, you know, again, think, take the personalized approach we've been talking about in second gear, the content marketing for all you, you know, attraction marketing, inbound marketing, content marketing folks out there who are, you know, <laughs> grinding yourself to, to pieces, trying to create more and more content. Mm one of the things that's really cool about doing outbound first, this outreach first is you only have to create about 20% of the content. Mm. You do a whole lot less work because then the content that you do create is all made to inform and have better conversations. Mm. You don't have, you don't create content for people to find you. You create content for the people who are going to see it anyways, because of the conversations mm. to have better conversations with them to move them further down the road so that when they do get on the phone or you're chatting with them, they've already seen answers to some of their questions and they, they read it, they discovered it themselves. You don't have mm. to sell them on it. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that, um, you know, is in my ecosystem, for example, the, uh, uh, the, the graphics that you, um, refer to the, uh, the growth accelerator ecosystem. I even come up with fancy names for things because I'm in marketing and I kind of enjoy it <laughs> and I'm a bit of a geek. Anyway, it, it, it is part of that. It's that authority piece, but it's also an asset. And, and one thing that I see linking very nicely, and because we've we've sort of come to this sort of worldview separately, and, and it's it, it's funny how you connect with people that, that, that share it, but using something like, this is the, a, a massive reason why I started my podcast. Number one, because I'm a natural introvert and I've, yeah, that the whole video thing has always been difficult for me. I, I love one-on-one conversations. Uh, number two is it creates content regularly, which was always a challenge for me with my my ADHD and, and, and you know, just kind of keeping yeah. all of that. And number three, you build the relationships through having conversations, whether that is with direct potential clients, partners, or just fun, interesting people. And that yeah. 
sort of starts a lot of the time with your sort of example of first gear. Then it's got the content marketing all wrapped up with it and has the potential to build in that um, partnership, that JV opportunity. And yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I it's I find it amazing that that yeah you can you can reach that same sort of level of understanding separately and then and then connect with other people and that's why it's such a great i love this podcast it's my favorite thing to do in a week because i get to have cool yeah. conversations it's it's an intimate relationship that you build not in, you know obviously that's a, a word a loaded word for some people <laughs> one, but it's an intimate in the sense they're right in your ear mm-hmm. right a lot of people walk exercise drive when they're listening to podcasts and stuff. It, it is very much, uh, uh, you're able to develop. And, and the coolest thing that I see people doing out of podcasts is creating more one-to-one conversations. So they'll literally say on their podcast, you know, um, if you have a question about this thing we just talked about, send me an email and put this in the subject line and you will hear from me. Mm-hmm. Not an autom- automated response, but I read these and I'll answer you and I'll get you what you want. And is it worth that time? Again, if you're trying to get 10,000 clients or customers this month, maybe that's not scalable. But if you're in the space that you and I work in, this B2B and, and enrolling clients, not customers, uh, those, those conversations are invaluable, not only for today, but your network will feed you for a lifetime. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's a silly thing, but I've always loved receiving um, contact and messages from people that listen to the show. And yet, stupidly, I've never even said on a single podcast, I say in the show notes and, and all the rest of it, but I never actually say. So I'm going to say, if you have questions about this, if there is other things that you, you know, want to, to, to explore more or, or just get an opinion on, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find. Um, or pop me an email, adam at thinklikeafish.co.uk. Like I am always open to having a conversation with people that are getting value from this podcast. So thank you, Tobin, for that reminder because it's it's a stupid thing sometimes that you do get those blind spots. And that is why I am doing this because I'm you know building a community and, and trying to sort of get as much value out there as possible. So um, apologies for making that bit about me, but I just wanted to... You know, no, I, um, I, I think you're. I think you're spot on with it. I, I know time-wise, I want to. I want to be respectful of your mm-hmm. time. Let me put one last thing in context for someone out there who's maybe listened to what we've talked about and, and might have a little bit of an impression, like, uh, okay, this this conversational outreach thing sounds interesting. I can see how that that might work, but isn't there a natural limitation? I can only talk to so many people. I only have so many hours in the day. Yeah, how much time does this take? Them, like, how much time? Yeah, it's, um, first, before we talk, I'll, I'll answer your question. I, I'm not dodging that. I want to say, I want to give two examples first. So Paul Graham, uh, is the lead mentor with uh, Y Combinator, YC. It's very popular in the startup world. A bunch of big, uh, startups, companies like Dropbox have come through YC. Like it is, they incubate more of these big unicorn companies, uh, than anyone else. And one of Paul Graham's rules is start by doing the things that won't scale which is these one-to-one relationships. Once you build the momentum, you can put those other gears in place. So he's talking about big, uh, you know, multi-million or billion dollar companies, unicorn companies, uh, and he's telling them, giving them the same advice, starting first gear. And then the other example is HubSpot. So HubSpot is the company, they're out of Boston, they coined, the, they literally wrote the book on inbound marketing. Right? They, they coined that term inbound marketing, which means, content or attraction marketing, their software is all about um, 
leveraging those opportunities, you know, create a blog post and three years later, someone's going to find that and may end up becoming a client. But they grew their business to the point that Google invested in them with their outbound sales team. So it's all about having the right strategy at the right time and then building into the additional strategies when the ROI is a no-brainer at that point in time. So uh, lastly, uh, you asked specifically about uh, time. So uh, our teams do this, so I train them, but because I work directly with the teams, I keep my ax sharp mm. myself. I do the same outreach every, in fact, you know, you and I have chatted, Adam, you know that I'm out there having these conversations directly with folks. I block out a, an hour, minimum of 30 minutes a day, just to constantly talk with folks in my network, whether it's someone new coming in that I don't know so, so well, or I have a reminder set for myself to just reach out to folks I haven't talked to in a little while to see what's going on and what's important in their world. Uh, anyone who interacts with me will know I'm constantly connecting other people. Yeah. So there's no specific win in this for my business or a transaction with what we do at SalesMap, but it's part of building that robust network. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I can help two people, they're going to remember that and they may end up sending a referral my way. They may end up becoming a client later on when the time is right for them. Those are investments I'll make all day all along, uh, all day long, you know, uh, as often as I can. Yeah. And you just got to think, what is the ROI of that um, on that time? I mean, you can spend 30 minutes to an hour um, each day doing that. Or if you're just, yeah, if you're, if you're still doing a lot of the in-person networking and hoping for referrals and all the kind of stuff that you're doing, or, you know, God forbid the, the dialing for dollars thing and how often you're doing that during the day, are you getting a return on that? You know, just going to a networking event once a month can literally take up the amount of time that you are spending doing that on LinkedIn. We don't really think about the cost of going to these kind of things if it's not a targeted group of people. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And and what I want to do is ask uh, ask one question. And um, um, this is, I'll be honest with you, Tobin, this is a bit of an experiment um, okay. in that I'm, I'm looking I'm to sort of have like a, um, um, like a, a question that can um, sort of feature on each episode. In the interest of being able to cut it out the end and have separate issue uh, episodes, right? So this is an experiment. I didn't prepare you for this, but I know okay. because of what you do, this <laughs> is really going to be, um, or, or it's got the potential to work really well. So let's say, for example, um, you and your business, you've been going along, you know, fairly um, happily and, and all the rest of it, you're doing pretty well, but suddenly something unexpected hits your business. It could be um, an unexpected tax bill. It could be you all of a sudden lose your two or three biggest clients. Um, your, um, you know, your, your chief sales rainmaker leaves the business and, and takes a load of clients with you, whatever it may be, but it's something that is, has the potential to be catastrophic. But you can see that three clients in the next 30 days will get you back on balance. What would you do to get those three clients in the 30 days? We, I think that our bills, I had that conversation with myself uh, a while ago and I didn't have confidence that the list building, push the send button and send to many people was the right answer to that question. And the direct creating conversations and going, getting client, getting clients myself, not expecting my webinar to do it, not expecting my blog post to do it for me, but going and getting them myself by creating conversations with the right people. That doesn't mean every person that you talk to is going to become that client. I don't enter those conversations with that expectation. I go in trying to understand what actually they care about and is there something in my world I can connect them with. Mm. But there's no more direct path 
to revenue or cash flow in your business. And truthfully, what a lot of people, you've probably seen this uh, as well, a lot of experts and entrepreneurs get caught in that um, feast or famine. They, go, they swing wildly back and forth because they have to go get clients, close and enroll, enroll clients, and then they got to go fulfill, right? And they just swing wildly back and forth. And that's not a great feeling to be caught up in that revenue roller coaster. Absolutely. So what you would do is, is go out and start these conversations. And I'm assuming you'd put more start. than 30 minutes a day into it and you just go and start these conversations. And, and what I like is that you haven't sort of, you know, given templates on the things that you would sort of, you know, use to start these conversations because that is the entire point. You are your own person. Use your personality. How do you naturally start conversations? And, and how would you, like, I think maybe this is a question that is still potentially on people's mind. Once you've started a conversation, you're not just having, you know, you don't want it to just always be like a, a nice chit chat, right? How do you mm-hmm. transition that conversation into a potential business opportunity? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a number of ways to do that. Uh, and I'm not going to, I don't want to do this in a script format because again, it, you have to, um, people don't want to feel like they're in a marketing mm. system, right? Um, so if you just use these exact words, I would just take this, take the idea behind this and make it, put it in your own words. But the flow is basically, hey, I see you. I, I see what you're doing. I see what's awesome or I notice the work. You, you're recognizing that part about them. I think we should chat. It would be great to great for us. I'd love to follow you a little bit more. It's, it's not always uh, really fast. It can be sometimes if someone has an immediate need, but sometimes it takes a while to nurture these. And then turning the friendly chat, because you got to be respectful. No, one's on, no one has time to just chit-chat all day long. you got to be respectful of that. But turning a friendly, you know, new connection, new conversation with someone into a sales conversation is basically saying, um, I see that you're doing this, this thing, whatever it is in their world, uh, but it doesn't look like you're doing this mm. where it intersects with your world. Is there, uh, is there a reason why? Can you tell me a little bit more? Like in our world, maybe they had a sales team before and it was a terrible experience for some reason. Mm. So it's, it would be pretty dumb for me to come into that situation and presume that I have a solution for them when they maybe have tried it. They didn't like it for some reason that I haven't even asked about a basic precept in our world is don't share any links and don't make any offers to people unless they ask for them. Mm. If they ask for them, they're much more likely to actually read what you share with them. But a lot of us are, have uh, files and files full of lead magnets and downloadable reports and things that we've collected over the years that haven't even been opened and read yet. And that does, that's not doing anyone good. It's just so it's, ask, it's showing, for, ask, for, ask for permission before you share. It's showing respect. It's it. It's it's showing respect for somebody's time and showing respect for them having a choice. Pretty pretty complex, isn't it? You'd think this would be like like I always say. It's this is stuff is more psychology than technology, but it's also kind of common sense. We just didn't realize it applies here too. The same people skills that sometimes we already have. Common sense isn't always common, Um, but hey, you know, (laughs) I've got I'm fallible, so um, I'm sure um, in 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 other areas of my life that can apply to me, and 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 it applies to you too, Toby. All of us. We are we are human, and we are all a little bit nuts. If I'm on it, I think (laughs) I think we're all a bit (laughs) like that, right? So, Tobin. Um, thank you for being my guinea pig. Um, that was a fantastic answer. And thank you ever so much for being so generous. And, and I just could go on for hours because I just, yeah, um, this is 
right up my right up my street but you've got the you've got the right topic for the podcast but you know it's what people need it's what people need to connect with clients because if they don't you know the dream is going to die inside of them and that that also does not do any good in the world i mean i'll be honest i'm slightly concerned that i'm not sure what can sort of come after this because you know this is the you know one of the most powerful things that if you just do it you, you know, go out and do it, then you're never going to sort of have that period of time when you're sitting and thinking, where the is my next client coming from? Powerful. If anyone is sitting there in that position and they want to know how to do this for themselves or get your help because you don't, you don't necessarily do that anymore, but if they needed the help from somebody that can do this on your behalf, that's what salesmap.me does. Is that the best place to go? Where else should they yeah, uh, require? Yeah, we really, uh, so I used, I used to sell or coach through this methodology, but now we're so focused on delivering it to the sales pros that we're training and certifying or our clients because we don't advise anybody walk away from their sales and marketing. It's great to have a sales team, but you want to know what they're doing and know the process. And, and honestly, we codify when we work with our expert-based businesses, we have to codify what works for them so that we can hand it over to the sales pro for them to be successful. So it's, it's a joint, you know, it's a, a joint program, a joint accomplishment that way. But yeah, I, for us, we've really focused in on the businesses that want someone to do this with and for them, that someone that can go out and generate their own leads, bring deals back to the table. And oftentimes we're working with consultants where they need to know a little bit more, like they're customizing their package to the needs of the person who will enroll as a client. Uh, so that, that business owner has to be involved in the sales conversation, but their time is best spent talking to people who are right there, re- ready to enroll. They just need, the, need to understand a few things that are going to make sense or not. And that's what a sales pro can do is sort of mm. bring those opportunities to you. And would someone need to be at a particular level to really be worth considering this? Or, or, or is this you know somebody that's just starting theoretically? be involved yeah generally speaking uh there are other folks that are a little bit more focused on the um if someone's getting into the coaching field what we call the zero to one get your first clients there there are some great solutions out there uh we're focused on most of our clients are already seeing uh they've got a a portfolio of clients they're probably doing you know six figures maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars of business now but their aspiration is really to double that, maybe grow to seven figures. They know that they're, they have a thought leadership platform that needs to get in front of more people and more impact. So that's the, the, the transformation that we're able to work with them. I think if, if folks are out there, they're wondering, is this right? Just shoot me a note. I'm happy to chat with you. I, I'll be upfront with you. If you're not a right, the right fit for what we do, no worries. There's a lot of folks in our world uh, that will connect you with that, that are doing great work. And, and I just want to understand where you're at and what would make the most sense before I'd make a recommendation. And, uh, yeah, I can contest that, uh, you know, Toby is incredibly well connected and he would a hundred percent just, uh, put you in the right direction. That's right for you. And sometimes just getting a little bit of that personal help and recommendation can be the difference between continuing your struggle and, uh, you know, just, just taking off. So Tobin, I hope everybody goes and does that. Um, thank you ever so much for um, for joining me and um, being such a gracious host with, well, number one, your time, because I have just now looked at where we are um, and yeah, we, you know, sharing your value and um, everything that you uh, 
yeah, yeah, you do out there in the world. It's a message that I really, really want to uh, encourage people to spread. So Tobin, thank you ever so much. Happy fishing. Yeah, I appreciate you, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally, and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.